I'm Luka Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. 360 in the contract, never that. I just take the contact, I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Dirk with the back. What up, what up? You are locked on the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Isaac. I'm a co-host here at Locked On Mavs uh, Daily Podcast on the Dallas Mavericks. I'm a contributor to Mavs.com. Uh, I am not joined today by my co-host, Nick Angstead from the Free Dawkins YouTube channel, as he is still on vacation. Uh, instead, I am joined by my friend and fellow Mavs media member, Doyle Raider, uh, who is from Forbes and Mavs Moneyball, and he wears a bunch of different hats. But uh, Doyle's awesome. He's been uh, covering the Mavs for, uh, man, a long time. So uh, uh, I think, gosh, eight, nine, ten years, somewhere through there, uh, I actually asked him about it uh, as we chat for this podcast. So uh, I'm not going to talk too much longer. I'm just going to jump into it. Uh, we talk about uh, a lot of random topics. He went out to Vegas and, and covered the Mavs Summer League team in, in Vegas. So we record right after uh, Dallas uh, made official the signing of Josh Reeves to their second uh, two-way contract. So uh, I get Doyle's firsthand knowledge of Josh Reeves uh, from Vegas and how he played out there. Doyle actually talked to him out there. Uh, so he has you know, great things to say about Josh Reeves. Uh, we talk about other standouts uh, in Vegas. We talk about the roster, the 15th roster spot. Is it Isaiah Roby's? Is it someone else's? Um, we talk about just the roster in general, uh, who he's excited about seeing this year uh, from DeLon Wright and Seth Curry and uh, Justin Jackson, just uh, Dorian Finney-Smith. We talk about a random uh, amount of topics, uh, kind of just where we both stand on the team. Uh, we get Doyle's opinion on the offseason, how he feels, uh, how the fans felt about it, and uh, just kind of uh, how the roster has played out up until this point. So uh, the rest of this podcast is uh, a conversation with Doyle and myself. I had to edit it some, uh, a decent amount, because uh, our connection went in and out. So hopefully it, it sounds decent on your end. Uh, I'll piece it together as best that I can, but... Uh, yeah, let's hear what Doyle has to say about this current Dallas Mavericks team. I'm here with none other than Doyle Raider, a.k.a. Kobe Beef, a.k.a. Do you have any other nicknames that I don't know? Uh, I mean, I have a lot, like, but none for basketball purposes. <laughs> Josh McRoberts, lover. That's true. Corey Brewer, Stan Galore. Okay, if you could only wear one jersey for the rest of your life, Corey Brewer or Josh McRoberts? Well, they both wore 13, so I can oh, just cool. put both their names on it. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we're, we're actually recording right after Josh, uh, the Josh Reeves two-way contract news. Um, I'm going to ask uh, Doyle about that. And uh, he got to spend some time with him in Vegas as Doyle was out in Vegas for Summer League. And so I'll quiz him all about uh, Mavs Summer League and his thoughts on Josh Reeves. But first off, how long have you been covering the Mavs? Because as long as I've been here living in Dallas and covering, uh, and covering the Mavs, which has only been a handful of years, I've seen you there and you started before I did. So how long have you been covering the Mavs in any capacity? Uh, so, uh, my Twitter handle, the Kobe beef 
gets its name from a blog that me and a buddy and I started a little bit after college. Uh, we started that in 2010, and I just kept running with it. Yeah, and then I wrote for Central Track, which is like a local culture site here in Dallas. And then I started Moneyball, and Moneyball is where I got my credentialed. And so I've been there. I think I've covered. I think I have been credentialed for six seasons now, six or seven, something like that. I mean, okay. yeah, no, I think six. I think because of 2013, I think was my first year. But yeah, so it's. Uh, I've been doing it for probably about nine years now, almost ten. Sweet. And now, and you've been with Mavs Moneyball for handful of years now. I still write for Mavs Moneyball, but you were one of the first, I mentioned this uh, to Dora before we hit record. And I, I was like, you, Dora was one of the first people I, I heard of writing for Forbes. And now it seems like over the past six months to a year, uh, Forbes has kind of starting building up their own army uh, in a sense of uh, people covering the team from, uh, for different Forbes branches of NBA sites. How, what is this Forbes game plan right now of coverage of the NBA? Uh, well, so I, yeah, I think I was one of the first people they brought on in general to like build out their sports network. Uh, cause I remember when I joined their Slack, there weren't a whole lot of people in there. And now it is a sea of people who cover every sport imaginable for them. So, I don't know what their end game is <laughs> with all that, but I think they just wanted to break into the market. And I mean, but yeah, it's, it's a massive, massive network and I've been there a little over a year now. Yeah. Wow. Well, I've really, uh, I've really, uh, been impressed of what Forbes is kind of building over the past couple of months. And, uh, so yeah, I hope that keeps going, growing and growing and growing. Um, I want to, ask you a couple, let's just jump into Josh Reeves and jump into Vegas and everything. Uh, so obviously Dallas moved on from, from Costas and Daryl Macon in their two way spots or the two, two way spots from last season. And now they've replaced them with Antonius Cleveland. And now recently Josh Reeves, you spent time in Vegas with the summer league team. What did you take away from the Josh Reeves experience in Vegas? Well, I kind of, figured after Las Vegas that he was going to get one of the two ways. Uh, I kind of thought he'd get Macon's and that's what it looks like he got. Uh, and I don't think there's anything wrong with Daryl Macon. He just might be kind of near his ceiling with his abilities. Uh, but what Reeves really kind of gave the team was, uh, I think Mike, Mike Weiner, the head coach out there for the summer league team, called it defensive leverage that they always wanted to gain. And Josh was kind of the guy they leaned on for that defensive leverage against their opponents. And that's what he was doing. He had active hands. He was like, you know, battling over screens, like just really kind of selling himself out there on the defensive end. And, you know, I spoke with him about uh, just his defensive, like nature on, you know, that side of the ball. And he said that that's, really something he like, you know, he, he wears the defensive hat proudly. Like that's part of who his game is, who he identifies himself with as a player, as a defensive player. And you really just kind of saw that out there. Uh, you know, granted it's summer league, the 
the basketball isn't particularly outstanding, but when you really kind of boil it down and focus on watching just a few things with a few guys, he did stand out for sure. Um, he shot the ball okay in the in the in their last game. He really couldn't buy a bucket, but he you know he's out there. He brings a certain energy and just you know it seems like he's got a certain chip on his shoulder that he's just you know he knew he had to like go perform like the way he did to get himself into a position to get this two way contract because he was coming off an exhibit ten. So really, his only option was to. Be moved into a two-way or just waived and then signed outright by the team, which I didn't know that was going to happen. But I think a two-way is a good spot for him because he's still pretty young. And I was just reading the the press release the Mavericks sent out about the two-way. He apparently led the Big Ten in steals three years in a row while he was in college because he, he's wow. a four-year college player, I believe, at Penn. And so that, I didn't know that, and that's pretty impressive. But yeah, I think he averaged like one point something steals uh, out in summer league. And he was mostly doing it in a bench role until the last two games when they sat Cameron Payne because he got that contract. Yeah. So if you listen to this, you're saying, Hey, uh, you've heard of Josh Reeves, but you don't m- know much about Reeves. You know, he's a six, six, five, two fifteen, uh, wing player, super versatile on defense, uh, super energetic. We've talked about him a little bit on this pod. Doyle just uh, talked about him uh, being a four-year guy at Penn State. Do you think you know Macon and Costas last year? I can. We're looking at how they used the two-way contracts last year compared to the year before. You know that year two years ago, I guess. Now it felt like they were interchanging people from Kyle Collinsworth to all these different people. Last year was just Macon and Costas all year. They really didn't get a ton of run at all. How do you envision Cleveland and Reeves? Do you think it'll be the same as last year with Coasters and Macon, or do you think they'll actually get some burn with the actual team? You know, I they can only spend what forty five days like up with the team. I think so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think they could definitely see some run. Uh, this team needs more wings, and it needs defensive minded guys. And like Cleveland looked really good. Like yeah, out I love summer him. league. Yeah. And like, this is a second stint with the team. He was on it with uh, a couple years ago with a couple 10 day contracts and he's, he, his games improved a lot since then. It looks like he, I think was the second highest score on the team in summer league. He just looked like he didn't belong in summer league. That's kind of like how a lot of these guys in the Mavericks team looked because they just put together a really good squad. And that's why they got as far as they did until, you know, they had to sit pain because they were just riding and shooting. Uh, but yeah, I think that I think these guys deserve a chance to get some game time run. I mean, it wouldn't hurt that much to get them up there because they really need to start working on, you know, the farm system a little bit better, I think. And I think these are probably the two best guys they've had in a while, at least just from what I've seen recently. And, you know, they know about Cleveland already and he's clearly turned the page and in, in his development, turning into just potentially like a deep bench, you know, rotational player. I mean, I don't think that would hurt them one bit. He's got the length. He's got the height. He can guard multiple positions. He's a decent ball handler. He can, he's not a black hole on offense. And then Reeves brings you that defensive intensity and he can probably guard three positions as well. 
So, I mean, we'll see how the the rotations shake out this year. But, yeah, I think they stand a good chance of getting some run. I don't know that Macon was ever really going to get a whole bunch of run. Costas was just a experimental pick just because he's Giannis's brother, I, I feel like. And, you know, hopefully he does turn out. Hopefully he does, you know, good stuff out there with the Lakers. But Macon, yeah, this team had how many guards on it last year? 1,800,000 or something <laughs> like that. Like, he he wasn't going to get any burn. He got a little bit of burn towards the end of the season, which is good for him. But I think it was like three games or something. It wasn't. It was hardly anything. And Macon, Macon was kind of pigeonholed into playing just the one where Cleveland and Reeves, I think they could play the, you know, two and three in some yeah, lineups. Absolutely. So I think that and another, another guy that was kind of thrown around once Cleveland took that other two way spot, everybody was, you know, Mavs fans are figuring out, okay, where does Josh Reeves and Isaiah Roby fit into the equation with 14 guys, basically under contract with the JJ Brea stuff, you know, happening or whatever. Um, and now Josh Reeves takes that second two way, is it a natural fit now that Isaiah Roby will slide into that 15th spot? And, and what did you think of him in Vegas? I thought he looked fine in Vegas. I don't know. I'd, I'd assume they slide him into that slot. Uh, he was playing with like an injured finger. Um, again, Mike Weiner, I kind of like peppered him with questions about what happened and he just wouldn't tell me. He, he can't bang. He can't bang with the big bodies in there. So that's why you saw like Shane Whittington getting uh, minutes and I thought Whittington played well, but he's a lot beefier than Roby is. I think Roby is kind of built in the same frame as a, as a young, younger Dwight Powell was. Uh, I think he's a little bit shorter than Powell. I think he's listed as six, eight Powell's like six ten, six eleven, something like that. Uh, but I think he fits into a stretch four mold more than he does, or at least right now, more than he does like a three. Because I don't think I don't think he has the mobility on the perimeter yet. And I'm not saying he can't develop that he's young and he's he's in shape. Uh, but he his game is more predicated to kind of in and around the rim so far, at least from what I saw at Summer League, because he could not he could not really shoot threes. <laughs> <laughs> I was impressed yeah. with his size, like his ball handling on the outside. I th- oh, he yeah, had a little that's... bit more of that than I thought. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, uh, he can handle the ball for sure for a guy his size. Uh, he's not, you know, he's probably going to turn it over from time to time, but he's he's got some pretty decent handles for a big guy. He's a nice kid too. So, so that fifteenth spot, if they uh, if they don't go the Roby spot, or even if they do. Do you think, how do you feel about the front line? I had Tim Cato on the pod uh, last week for a couple of days, and he uh-huh. thought that 15th spot should go to a big. And he and he brought up the Porzingis injury plan, and he threw out there a 15-game number that he's been hearing. And if it's 15 to 20 games that Porzingis, uh, air quote, load management, and when he sits, you know, we're looking at all of a sudden with Salah not being back and Dirk not being back, it's just Dwight. It's just Maxi. It's just Boban. Does the 15th spot should they prioritize another big, or would bring in or slot and Roby there at the 15th spot? Would they have enough bigs? Should it worry you at all? Right now, I'm not worried. I mean, look at last year. How much does Salah play? You know, they even waved him at one point. Like they don't really care about like 
fourth center, essentially. Like, at least that's what they made it seem last year. Yeah. But I guess we'll have to wait and see. But I've, I've always wanted this team to get kind of leaner and faster. And if they just... They're not going to be a good rebounding team, it looks like, unless Porzingis is, like, controlling the boards, which I guess he could. But it really depends on how well he comes back. Because, you know, Powell is not a good rebounder. Maxi kind of hangs around the three-point line these days. But he'll be an okay rebounder. Luca, I think, <laughs> is kind of the wild card at rebounding. I think he can do a pretty good job. But, yeah, I'm not too concerned about another big man, like... I don't know. Maybe, like, you know, I trust Tim and his insights, but for me right now, I don't... I'd rather get them just, them just get another wing or an agile player, and so, like, Roby, and, like, also, I'd like them to develop a little bit. <laughs> so, yeah. like, get, get somebody young in there. It wouldn't surprise me if they could get some of these guys on the Summer League team. Like I, like I said, like Shane Winnington earlier, I thought, as a big... I thought he played really well in uh, in Vegas. So if you don't get picked up by some other team, like I'm, you know, I'm not, I don't have Google alerts set for Shane Whittington on my phone or anything like that. But <laughs> it, he might be a good guy to stash on the legends and see if they need to bring him up for any reason. So I got this question from on Twitter a few days ago, and I'll put I'll throw it at you. Who has the highest ceiling between these four players? And it's obviously a harder question of projected ceiling for two of these guys because they're super young. But highest ceiling, Dorian Finney-Smith, Isaiah Roby, Justin Jackson, or Josh Reeves? Oh, wow. That's tough. Wow, that's really tough. I know because, you know, you have Finney-Smith and Justin Jackson. They've been in the league for a few years now. The other guys are obviously rookies. So it's kind of hard to project them compared to these other guys. Yeah. And so which one would you have to land on? Who would have the highest ceiling in the league? I think in terms of just, like, scoring, I think that's going to be Justin Jackson. Because uh, he, can, he, can, he can score, but I know Kings fans aren't too thrilled <laughs> with him. Uh I mean, I'm a Dorian stan. You know that. We hang around Dorian's locker and just shoot the shit with him pretty regularly. Uh, so I think Dorian's probably the best defender on that one, on that run right now. But I think Josh Reeves could definitely be something if he develops uh, a little bit more consistent shooting. So, so I, Are you a believer in his shot? Because, I mean, that's... Probably the biggest question mark with Josh Reeves and that shot, looking at his shooting percentages in college, coming out of Penn State and stuff. So are you a believer that his – or which three-point contest in three years, who's winning, Josh Reeves or Dorian Finney-Smith? Oh, gosh. Uh, I think Reeves shoots a better percentage right now. <laughs> uh, like, I know Dorian can get hot from time to time, and but, yeah, that – that low percentage, I think it was at 31 this last season, just because he just fell off the face of the earth Like after they traded DSJ, and I don't know why that is, but he just couldn't buy a bucket from downtown. But I think he kind of was like, all right, well, if I'm not going to hit these threes, I'm just going to drive and get put back dunks and stuff like that. So 
he looks good doing that. He's still getting around his 10 points or so. But, yeah, I think right now Reeves has probably a better handle at shooting the three ball. At least he, he shot it okay in summer league. Again, the very last game aside, and I think one of the earlier ones, he just kind of just was putting up really bad shots. But that's, you know, that's expected, though, in Vegas. Yeah, yeah. I mean, everything out there is, you know, taken with a grain of salt. Yeah. All right, so let's let's get your thoughts on Mavs offseason. I haven't gotten mm-hmm. to talk to you in person since free agency and all that. So give me – I mean, I, this is even bigger loaded question, but give me your thoughts coming out of free agency slash offseason now of what Dallas did and how the fans reacted to it. Well, the fans hated it. <laughs> <laughs> they, they hated it a lot. And, like – I always try and be like a nice like voice of reason. Like I'm not gonna sit here and like just fire off takes like a few of my colleagues at Moneyball that like to do that. Like you know, namely Kirk and Josh. But like I try, I just try and be the even keel person there. Uh, and I understand why fans are mad. I mean, look, you had a lot of people like like oh they're gonna get Kimba. And, like, when I heard that Stein rumor or when I saw that Stein rumor first come out, like, I think I was I was pinged in the, the Forbes slack. And they're like, hey, Kimba and uh, Middleton. And I was like, yeah, I don't really want to aggregate this because this isn't going to happen. And lo and behold, guess what? I was completely right. I'm sure they were trying to get them. But, like, come on. Like, you got to come into the offseason with lowered expectation with the Mavs. And I think they put together a pretty solid roster for what – they did like they got Seth Curry and his hot shooting from outside. That's going to be incredible to be able to space the floor and have just an open guy with Luca out there. Cause they're probably going to get a lot of run together. I don't think, I don't know right now. Seth will start probably not, but Luca is going to get a lot of staggered minutes with the second unit because he's just going to tear up other opposing second units. And with Seth out there, that could be, that could be, a you know, a deadly lineup. Luca in the second lineup will be good with Curry. Then the team really wanted Wright. He was one of their targets. And I think after they got blindsided, like with the speed of free agency, that they really honed in on him as a necessary piece. And I think he'll be fine. He can guard what about three positions. He's a ball handler. And that's, you know, Carlisle always talks about needing playmakers on the court. And uh, he needs to work on that outside shot, but he can get to the rim. He's a good slasher. He's a good rebounder. He's going to find the open guy. So I don't really have a problem with that signing. It's not a sexy signing, but the Mavericks weren't going to really make too many big splashes. They weren't going to make too many sexy signings. Like, it just wasn't going to happen. Just that's who this team is. But... They signed Boban, and we got to say, that's one sexy man, star of John Wick, Chapter 3, Parabellum. So they get, at least they got one sexy signing in there. But I, I just know if Bobby and Mike and them don't do some incredible things with them at Mavs.com, I'm going to be disappointed. Oh, yeah. like The, the gloves have, have to come off, and that Boban content needs to be strong. 
Well, Bobon I, needs his own pod. Oh, yes, absolutely. Just throw Bobby off of it. Or do Bobby and Bobon or something. <laughs> Bobby and Bobon. Oh, yes. I would listen to that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But I think the Bobon signing is just, just good. Like he, yeah. He's going to play like 12 minutes a game. He's going to dunk. People are going to love him forever. Like that's just, that's just a fun signing. And if anyone's mad at that signing, they can go root for the Spurs or something like, go get, get out, get out of here. <laughs> like Boban's great. That's just a, that's a good person to have on the team. That's just fun. So I'm not really like, like I said, I try and be like reasoned about everything. Like I can't control who they sign. And I know that very well. I'm just here to report on it. So yeah, I thought they did fine. Like I was kind of surprised when I learned that they didn't spend all of their cap space, like on signing new people before they went over with the the bird rights and everything on all the other players. But you know what? It's not my money. I don't care. <laughs> like, they can do whatever they want. And uh, I don't view this off season as a failure. Like a lot of people have said, no, but no, no. it wasn't, it just wasn't like super sexy. That's literally it. But it's a young team. They they like the team they have, and they just added a few extra pieces. And I think adding Curry, that's uh, I think that's going to make a big difference. They need someone who can shoot like him. So I think that's that's their biggest signing. And we'll see what Wright does. I think he's going to surprise a lot of people who'd, who'd never heard of him. They didn't make a the- they didn't make a dumb signing, and that was my that was my thing coming out of him, like. There wasn't a Julius Randle for 21 a year type of signing. No. We're like, man, that one's just rough to swallow. But, but yeah, I feel like every contract that they handed out was reasonable. Bringing the Maxi and Dorian deals were good. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I just thought, yeah, everything. Uh, as far as, like, the contracts and the guys they brought in, I thought all their contracts was for a reasonable price. No, yeah, I was, like, like honestly floored that – I didn't get upset with any one of their contracts. Like that's the thing I hate the most about the Mavericks. Cause they always throw out a dumb contract to somebody at least once a summer. Like, and I could have sworn they were going to like max out Dwight and I would have been livid. I would have just been so mad, but then they got him for like $11 million a year. And I can't be mad at that. Like yeah. that's a really reasonable signing for like what the next three, four years. Like, that's great. Like that's an incredible like bargain for like, you know, a guy who's so important to like what they do on offense. Like, yeah, I, yeah, that's a great point to make. They signed everyone to reasonable deals. Like you cannot, you can go up and down this roster and you're not going to be mad at any of these contracts. You're just not. Or any of the new ones, Tim Hardaway. Well, uh, yeah. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Any of the new ones. Tim Hardaway's contract, you can be mad at all you want, but then you can just be mad at James Dolan for that one. That's true. I somehow I forget about his contract on the book sometimes when I'm thinking about the rotation. I'll just mm-hmm. think about everybody. I'm like, oh, Tim Hardaway, and where does he? So okay, we'll just use that as a as a segue to the next thing. Who do you think the fifth starter is? Do you think they go Seth Curry? If we're assuming Delon Wright, Luca, KP, Dwight Powell. Where do you think the fifth spot lands Seth, Justin Jackson, Hardaway, or anybody else? I think it's either Hardaway or Justin Jackson right now. Hmm. Uh, and they might bring in Dorian for like spot minute starts, but yeah, I think it's between them because 
I honestly think that they're going to start Hardaway just because his contract is so outrageous. Yeah. Like, I don't think this isn't like a Jason Terry situation where they were like, Hey jet come off the bench. And he's like, okay. And then he's still like making the second most money on the team. This is, you know, this is a guy they're trying to appease until they can move him. I'm sure. And so they're going to start him. Like I, to this day, I say, if Nerland's Noel had signed that $70 million contract, he would have been a starter. Like they would have started him. And I think this team has a weird loyalty to the money you make and if, whether you're getting that start or not. So I think that, uh, I think that he'll start for a while, but it's Carlisle. He's going to tinker. He's a, he's a tinker with these lineups. So he might not, he might be the first one to check out, but <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll definitely see. But I think it's between him and Justin Jackson for sure. Cause I think they really do like, Justin Jackson, but I don't think we've seen enough Justin Jackson to really get a full picture of what he can do in this offense. Cause he had, he had some good games last year, but you know, it's the end of the season and he's just out there just putting up shots. Yeah. And it seems like he needs to put up about 10 shots a game to find a rhythm. So, cause if he doesn't, <laughs> he ain't making anything. <laughs> And let's see what a training camp, like you said. I mean, I think that's what some people are forgetting about Justin Jackson is he came in in that Harrison Barnes trade and just, you know, ended the, it's not even half. Some people think the trade deadline, they get it in their heads that it's, you know, the halfway point of the season. It's not. Uh -huh. And so he just finishes that last small portion of the season. Now he's going to get a whole summer off season training camp, preseason, all of this to be fully integrated into this system. And I think we could see a much better Justin Jackson next year. Yeah. And I, I hope that I hope he he's done some growing. I like his shoot game. He wears like classic Nikes. So I dig <laughs> that, but yeah, I, uh, yeah, I think he could be something, but it's a wait and see situation. Cause he definitely, ha he, he can shoot, but like I said, he's, he needs to find his rhythm before, you know, the shots start going in. Cause I was actually looking at the numbers, uh, his, his games in Dallas last year. It, he would have good games if he was putting up nine, 10 shots or more. Mm -hmm. If he was putting up lower than that, he was doing single digit scoring. Like, and it was like bad. So we'll, we'll see. Like maybe he comes in off the bench as the, you know, gunner with the Curry lineup or something. I don't know. I mean, we're going to see a lot of weird variations and I, I'm happy about that because they've got a lot of wings now and like they haven't had that in years, if ever. Yeah. And so they can run out switching crazy lineups like, you know, a modern team should. And so I'm really happy about that. So we'll see. But yeah, right now I think uh, THJ is, is a starter just because just of how much money he makes. That might not last, but and I might be proven wrong. The second uh, they have a press conference and Carlisle just says, I heard this on a pod. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> you know? So, yeah, we don't know. But uh, that's that's who that's who I'd pick for right now. So this is my last question for you. OK, what are two who are the two guys on the roster outside of Luca and KP that you're the most excited to watch this upcoming season? Ooh. Hmm. 
I think Wright. I think Wright has to be up there. I know what Seth can do, so I'm not like excited to see him per se. Like I, I'm happy he's on the team if that makes sense. But I'm not like, yeah. ooh, I wonder what he's gonna bring. Like I know, I know exactly what he's gonna bring. Uh, so definitely Wright. I mean Boban for obvious reasons, but again, not like super like excited, excited. Yeah. Uh, maybe Maxi. Okay. Like, if I want to see if he can maintain like that, just post defense. Like, people just went at him constantly last year, just to get stuffed and just to get completely stoned by him. I'd like to see him. He's got a pretty decent three point shot, but I'd like to see that percentage go up uh, a few ticks. Uh, yeah, I think he could be really fun. But Wright's definitely my number one, just because. He's so versatile mm. and I want to see how he's used and if they can like really get something crazy going with him and just like with Luca out there, like that's, I mean, cause that's two ball handlers right there. They can just like run everyone out the gym pretty much. So yeah, I think those guys are two guys to watch for sure. And I'll throw in a third. I hope Dorian has a great th- shooting season just to quiet all the naysayers. I'm tired of hearing trash of trash and talk of Dorian Finney-Smith. Tired of it. It's my guy. I like you. I, yeah. I, it feels like the past or well, ever since he got here that it was, Hey, the shot, the shot feels like the past two summers was, Oh, he switched up some mechanics. Like the shots different now. And then, like, the first half of the season, or I'm just saying half, you're like, man, the shot's there. This is huge. And mm-hmm. you thought it was going to lead to a big payday. And, like, it, I was scared at one point in the season. I'm like, oh, man, like, he's going to get a decent-sized paycheck this summer. And then the shot fell off, and I think his pay, his payday fell off, too. Uh, so, But now, coming in at, I mean, what, $4 million a year for the next three years, I think it, it could be one of those contracts that you look at and say, this could be a steal moving forward if his shot lands at just $4 million a year for three years, this could be a huge move for Dallas. Well, Doyle, thank you so much for coming on the pod. You're the man. Uh, go read Doyle's stuff at Mavs Moneyball at Forbes. Uh, he works his butt off covering the Mavs. So, uh, yeah, I'll see you soon, Doyle. And uh, I guess I'll see you in next next month, possibly. Not next month, in a few weeks, whenever it is, uh, when Media Day rolls around. Thanks, Doyle.